Hallelujah. So, what a privilege to be here once more. And um, the woman of God, mommy, uh, told me that theme is teach us to pray. And I just want to put Sister Julie on the spot a little and just appreciate you for your obedience. Um, that is what obedience does. God will give you a vision within the vision to support the vision. And she has obeyed with her vision. And it's supporting the vision of the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise for Sister Julie's life. Let's honor her for her obedience. And the Lord is going to take you further and further in this women's thing you've started. You haven't even begun to see. I, I, I perceive in my spirit that it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen. Amen. So stay in that place to hear. It's going to evolve. It's going to evolve. Hallelujah. It's going to get better and better. Amen. Praise Jesus. And this house is going to be blessed because of that. Amen. Amen. So uh, uh, when Pastor Angie told me the theme is teach us how to pray, I'm like, man, that's a general, very broad, Lord. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> like which aspect of prayer do you want me to talk about? He said, just take your Bible, just read the text. She said it's from Luke 11, verse 1. So go to the text, and I'll show you. So let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Hallelujah. Is that right? Yes. I'm reading from amplified. It said, then he was praying in a certain place. And when he stopped, meaning Jesus, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven. When I got there, the Lord said, stop. Don't go any further. The title of my message is Reconnecting with the Father. Reconnecting with the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we don't get the source of our prayers right, everything that follows will be in error. If we don't get our Father which art in heaven right, everything else is in vain. And the Lord said and began to teach me. And in fact, it, it, it was a revelation to myself. You know, when you preach, prepare for some messages and you begin to see all these nuggets. I didn't know this was there. I didn't. Oh my God. And you, you are so rich. You are just reminded of some stuff. And the Lord said, the Father said, the, the, the Spirit of the Lord said, the Father is being left out. He feels left out. He sees his children having fun. In church. Everybody knows the son. Because you've got to receive Jesus. Everybody encounters the son at some point in time. In your salvation you have to say. Jesus I believe you are the son of God. So we encounter Jesus. The son. And then. When we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We encounter the Holy Spirit. And uh, 
There was a dispensation in the 1980s, 70s, where everything was about Jesus. Everything was Jesus, 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 Jesus movement. Then there was another dispensation, the late 80s to the 90s throughout. Then it was the spirit. And Benny Hinn would write a book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, which would break all barriers and just bring in knowledge, understanding about who the Holy Spirit is and how real he is and who he is as a person. But how many of you have had any revelation about the Father? So many of us pray and we go straight to Jesus. Jesus, do this for me. Or Holy Spirit, by the Father. Where's the Father? And yet, there is an hierarchy. Is that right? Is that how you say it in American English? Hierarchy? Hierarchy. Hierarchy. We say hierarchy. (laughs) Hierarchy. In the, in, in, let me use here as an example. In Freedom Ministries, there is a hierarchy. In, spiritually, okay. Though Pastor Cindy is married to Pastor Tim, we recognize. What did I say? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Lord, I miss. Pastor Angie is married to Pastor Tim, right? We all know that in Pastor Angie and Pastor Tim's home, Pastor Tim is boss. He's the boss because he's the man of the household. Now, when it comes to freedom, the dynamics change because we are dealing with spiritual matters and the mantle of leadership is on who? Pastor Angie. So, and I see Pastor Tim submit to that. It takes a strong man with spiritual understanding to be able to do that. Hallelujah. And so, because Pastor Tim understands the principle and submits to Pastor Angie's leadership, there is order in the house. There's no chaos. There are no butting of heads. There's no conflict. It's seamless. We see peace, right? And we are all able to enjoy fellowship in the house. It's the same in the Godhead. The Godhead is simply the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is an hierarchy. The number one person is the father. He is God, even to Jesus. God, the father, is Jesus' God, is in the Bible. Jesus submits to the father, always. That is his character. And God is the ruler of everything. And then comes the second person of the Trinity, which is the Son, Jesus Christ. Okay? Then after Jesus comes the Holy Spirit. But within the three, though there's an hierarchy, they are all one. Because they love each other. They are in unity. They have the same mind. Right? So, the father loves the son. The son loves the father. The father is pleased when he sees us exalting the son. And the son's main goal in his whole destiny is to see the father exalted. And the Holy Spirit's main aim is to reveal the son and the father to us. So, see, they are all loving each other. They are all connected with one purpose. Let's go to the garden in Genesis where it all began. So, the father creates Adam. There is perfect, beautiful relationship. Father, 
God and Adam. Walking in the cool of the day. Together in perfect harmony. Adam recognizes the father as his father. The father is the one that presented Adam with everything. He gave him a job. He gave him a place to live. Eden gave him his job, till the land, dominate, take care of all that I've created. Then he gave him a wife. So God provided everything as a father should. And then Adam and Eve sinned. And they lost the connection with the father. Hallelujah. As soon as they sinned and lost that connection, a spirit was in, introduced called the, the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit. And so that is why, and the orphan spirit, because there was a, a disconnection, Adam now no longer had that intimacy with the father. It was, it was like the father had disowned him. So, there was this gap. And then, sin began to rule. Insecurity. Cain would kill Abel. Jealousy. See, the orphan spirit comes with all kinds of stuff. If you've met somebody who, who told you that maybe they were in a foster home, or they were an orphan, and excuse me, anyone here who has been in the foster system, or you're an orphan, your parents are not alive, or, you know, those situations, forgive me, but I know it's going to hit you a bit. Okay? I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying that there's a general attitude that these, these kind of category of people have, and it's not, I'm not judging them. Rather, my heart is broken for them because they've been put in that situation it's not their doing it's just life you know circumstances that brought them there but if you I've had friends who've been in the foster care system and and if you if you look at them you observe them many of them are very insecure very and number two, if you become a friend, they are very possessive. If you show them love, if you go to an orphanage and you just uh, zero in on one and, and bring them to yourself, they don't want to share you with anybody else. Very possessive. They are very selfish. If you buy a child an orphan, in an orphanage, a teddy bear, they will never share it. You know. So some characteristics come. And it all comes from insecurity. Not having that love. That affection shown consistently. Hallelujah. There are other, other aspects of that. That often spirit introduces into a person's life. Um, so they, are, they are very, it, they find it very hard to submit to authority. Very hard. I, in fact, I, one of my close friends is, uh, um, was, was basically, she, she, her whole life was in the foster care system. And she was adopted um, eventually. But she told me she never really had a connection with her adopted parents. You know, so, and she was a rebel. Could not submit. I mean, she would weep. She would do everything. She would fast. She would pray. The next minute you see her hollering at, 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 at authority. Clashing with, with leadership. And she would just say, I, I, didn't know, I don't know what came over me. You know, it is a, a spirit. They are very suspicious people. Very if you marry somebody that carries that spirit, 
They want to know where you are at 24 hours a day. If they don't, if you break a cycle once, they begin to suspect you. If you, every day you come home at 7 and one day you get a flat tire, you come at 9, you are, you are done. <laughs> They'll begin to check your text. They are attention seekers. They seek attention all the time. And they see that their focus is not on them. They just, something, they just can't stand it. They got to do something for, for people to see them. Especially in the house of God. If the pastor ignores them or they think the pastor is ignoring them, they have to misbehave. They have a proclivity to being depressed all the time because they feel alone. Why am I spending time on this? Because it is real. And so when you have these experiences, you translate it. Such people cannot Connect to the Heavenly Father because they never had even the earthly experience of having a father that loves them. I mean, there are categories of people, even those of us who had fathers who doted on us and seemed to worship the ground on which we walked. They still could not satisfy that there's a gap. There's an emptiness. There's a spirit of orphan, orphanage. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's, there's an emptiness that only the Heavenly Father can fill. I had the best of fathers. If I, 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 I stand and I, I proclaim with all boldness that nobody's daddy is a match to mine. And yet, in my teens, I would be suicidal. I would be depressed all the time. I would feel like uh, lonely, rejected. And yet my parents were the best. And Pastor, Sister, Pastor Angie, Sister Julie, Pastor Cindy, and Pastor Tim had the opportunity to meet my parents, and I, I know that you, you see the quality kind of people they are, so gentle, so wonderful, and they, had, they were so honored to meet you all. Let's, uh, let's give them a clap for, for meeting with my parents. We will always appreciate that. They talk about it all the time. How are your friends in CrossFit? And they even told me to say hello to you. I told you that yesterday. They, Pastor Cindy, they, they, they sent my parents some books. My mom finished reading one book in two days. She just, as soon as she got home, she started reading. <laughs> you know, so, so. But I had the best. But still, still, there is a place in us that only the Father can feel. And Pastor, uh, Sister Julie did so powerfully preaching about perceptions. Perceptions. She said something very profound, which is in my message. I, I, I wrote and I said, it's different when we know in our minds God is my father. We know it. But have we experienced Day by day, do we experience him deeply, deeply, that indeed he's my daddy, that I can count on always. See, some of us had absentee fathers. I've talked about that. Some of us also had fathers who were good providers. But there was no intimacy. They would provide uh, shelter. 
clothes, all that you need, food. But go and sit on their lap. They won't know what to do with you. They're like, they won't hug you. They won't kiss you. They don't know how to do it. But there is a depth. There is a depth in God. That is so intimate. I mean, if you study, really study the word, and you are in doubt that the father is crazy in love with you, you didn't study well. He says, I will rejoice over you with singing. Can you imagine that? This is the God who, he said, said, "My, my, my people, my people don't know me. In the Old Testament, the father would uh, reveal himself with his Shekinah glory. You know, so that people would know he's there, he's real. The mountains would quake. And the people would say, what is that? Moses, you you go, you go. We are too scared. You, You go for us. And the Lord would say, and this, the Lord was unfolding this in me. In me. I told Basanji, I didn't sleep too well last night. My girls snored and were gone. But I was just, the Lord was just playing some stuff in my mind. So, my people, uh, I decided that I, I was too desperate to let my people know me. Even the way Adam knew me, right, is not even close Even in his perfect or near perfect, Adam was not perfect. If Adam had been perfect, he would not have sinned. Only one is is perfect, Jesus Christ. Even in that state, before sinning, my relationship with my son Adam cannot compare to where I want to take my people. And it can only be comparable To my relationship with my son, Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate. Hallelujah. That is where the father wants us to be. And so he said, because my people were so disconnected from me. And I wanted such, with such desperation and such love to restore them. To myself and to relate to them the way I want them to on the deeper, on the deepest level possible. And there was no way for them to know because my prophets themselves carried that orphan spirit. So so they couldn't show my people. So the only way I could show my people. The kind of relationship I want with them is to come down and model, model it in front of them. So, my beloved son, this is my plan. You see the way you and I are. Before the creation of the world, It was just us. See how beautiful our union is. I want to reciprocate that in the lives of my children, whom I created, by the way, in my own image. Will you go and show them how it's done? And the son would say, I'll go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, everything that Jesus did, we read the Bible so logically, and so we disconnect from the Bible. We read it as just, if we were to read the spirit of the word, the goal of Christ Jesus on earth, from the day he was born in a manger to the day he breathed his last and showed himself to the disciples and ascended, was to model before us 
how to walk with the Father. In his fasting, in his praying, in how he answers to antagonism, in, in, in everything, in his leadership skills, in his weakness, quote unquote, I don't even see that as a weakness, but well, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he would teach us, not my will, but thy will. Everything he did was to model. So, teach us how to pray. Jesus said the first thing is you know who you are praying to. Your heavenly father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I just want to bring a few things home with us here. So, so just to buttress what I was saying, you know, about the spirit of, uh, excuse me while I, uh, the spirit, that, that orphan spirit. That is why Elijah, with all his power, with all his power, he would slay 400 prophets alone. Can you imagine how much anointing it takes? I haven't killed a human being before, but if you were to kill even one <laughs> adult, the resistance they'll give you, it takes brute strength. And this one man would kill and slaughter 400 prophets in one day. That's anointing. And after all that, he'll go and sit under a tree. Take me home, Lord. Today, then when I was wielding the sword, and I could feel the unction coursing through my bones, I felt that there was no man on earth like me. But right now, under this tree, I realized that I'm not greater than my forefathers. <laughs> Take me home. <laughs> So even men of God, women of God, wielding unction today, be healed. You are healed. And a lot of them still carry that orphan spirit. We don't want to leave this room today carrying an orphan spirit. If you leave this room carrying that same spirit, it's your fault. I don't know where you get this revelation. This is revelation, Pasanji. I didn't get it from internet. The spirit of adoption. That is what we are talking about. Hallelujah. That is why John the Baptist, even after baptizing Jesus, and hearing a voice thunder from heaven and say, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And a couple of weeks later, John is thrown into jail. And that spirit, orphan spirit, that lonely, dejected, depressing spirit comes on him. And he sends a message to Jesus. Are you really the one? Or should we expect another? Jesus Christ, Lord have mercy. What other proof do you need, Uncle John? You heard a voice. Not only you. Everybody. Everybody heard a voice from heaven. <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> so it doesn't really matter how anointed you think you are. Or how powerful you think you are. We all have that emptiness that only the revelation of him as father can fill. I'm telling you, when you get this revelation, depression is under your feet. Poverty, huh, poverty will come. 
but it will not rule you. Because you know you have a father who will not let you go hungry a single day. He said, I, even the birds who are worth almost nothing, I feed them. Even the lilies of the field, I clothe them. Then you that I created in my own image, you that are, you are my begotten, my, my, my child. The spirit of adoption, we are going to receive before we leave here. All of us, I don't care whether you have the best father in, on earth. I've, 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 I've told you that even me, until I grasped him as my all in all, I was so, I was just, we will receive a baptism, a reconnection. Even those who, of us who know him indeed as father, he will, he will come in deeper. He will reinforce that revelation into us before we leave here. That is my prayer. And I pray that that is your prayer too in Jesus' mighty name. That is why you are here today. Hallelujah. Without, without revelation, emotional, psychiatric, psychological problems, there will be nothing. They will be nullified. With the revelation. God my father. Hallelujah. So. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 8 verse 15 to 17. See how important it is for the father that we receive this revelation. And be delivered from this spirit. This orphan spirit. He said in Ephesians chapter 8, 15 to 17. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that indeed we are the children of of God. So we call him daddy. In my language, papa, abba, father. But then it's not for us to be too familiar because you can get, you can, some people cross the line. They become irreverent. It's not that kind of daddy I'm talking about. Hey, dad, I need some money today. You better go with protocol and with reverence. Knowing that those, though he's your father, he's the holy one who sits upon the throne. So you go with reverence and awe. Access, free access, but with reverence. And intimacy. Yes, you can be intimate, but not irreverently. Hallelujah. I pray that you get that. So, so uh, let's also go to Ephesians 2.18 just to buttress what I said about Jesus' goal. Bringing us in connection. So we said the spirit of adoption is what the Lord wants us to receive. And it's not adoption as in, oh, you're an orphan. Uh, I'm giving you my name, okay? In the Jewish culture, there's another kind of adoption. Where you come of age. And you are given every, it's like, you are, it's like another level altogether of authority in the home. You know, with connection to your father. If, especially if you are a son. And I think, what's the name of that? Uh, where they, when you turn 13, they do it. Bar mitzvah. That is an adoption process. So now you are adopted into and that, that level of intimacy with the father, where the father gives you some authority. Authority, you know. Um, you, 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 you understand that now you are the heir. You are the heir of the father. So you are the man of the house. 
So, so this spirit of adoption is another mark on you that indeed you belong to me. And I reproduce myself in you. And there is a bond that can never be severed. It's like a confirmation. You see what I'm saying? So, this is the kind of spirit. And then there's in the Jewish culture, when a man says, I'm adopting somebody that is biologically not his, that adoption can never be revoked. Ever. Under any circumstance. So, in Ephesians 2.18, it said, For it is through him that we both, and I'm reading from Amplify throughout my message, whether far off or near, now have an introduction, access, by one Holy Spirit to the Father, so that we are able to approach him. Let's read our Bibles. Let's continue in Matthew chapter 11, 27. Matthew chapter 11, 27. Jesus is saying this. All things have been entrusted and delivered to me by my Father. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Son except the Father. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the son deliberately wills to make him know. So it's very clear here. He's saying nobody knows the father like me. I was with him in eternity before all this started. And I will make the father known to whomever I will to make him know. And today I say that today Jesus Christ wants you to make you have that revelation of who the father is to you hallelujah john chapter 17 4 to 6 john chapter 17 4 to 6 jesus is saying i have glorified you and he's talking to the father in prayer he said i have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me along with yourself. And restore me to such majesty and honor in your presence as I had with you before the very world existed. So it's in the Bible. He says, I was, with, before all this started, we were together. Now I've done everything you asked me to do. Bring me back to that place. So, fellowship can be restored as before. And he said, I have manifested your name. I have revealed your very self. Your real self to the people whom you have given me out of the world. This is Jesus' goal. I for, for dying on the cross, everything he did was for this. To reveal the very self of the Father to us. He said, they were yours and you gave them to me. So, everything that Jesus did. The love for the father was the ruling emotion, the ruling psychology of Jesus Christ. I love my father. So I will do anything. I love my father so much that if he tells me I'll wash the feet of the disciples. Though I am the lamb of God. Though I'm the only one who can break the seven seals. Though I'm seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty. On earth here, no matter what the Father tells me to do, because I love him so much, I will do it. And so, at the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus would tell his disciples that I am exceedingly weary, even to the point of death, pray. 
pray for me. Pray with me. Even then, people say that Jesus was crying because he was battling. He was battling. He was battling. I believe that, yeah, yeah, the flesh was crying. But I believe that the reason why Jesus was in such pain and agony and terror was the fear that he would displease the father. The fear that he would displease the one he loves. And yet we are here in church. Pastor tells you, do this. We are complaining. Sit down. Go and pray. Why am I not the one who's doing this? Why am I not the one who's in charge of this? Why am I the one being sidelined? Why is this sister being given that position over me? I'm more anointed. I talk better. I preach better. I sing better. I play better. You don't know the father. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't know. You don't know the father. If you understand that this vision here is not for Pastor Angie. It's not hers. Without the father, she'll be making millions of dollars on Wall Street, minding her own business. She wouldn't even have a clue. Am I lying? What's that? <laughs> In another life. <laughs> it's not hers. It's not Sister Julie's. When you recognize that what you've been called to right here, my brother, is for Abba. When service is 9 o'clock, you'll be here at 8 o'clock. If you have a love for him, and he says, go to Africa, you ask questions. But we complain and we murmur and we can't submit and blah, blah. And that orphan spirit, we are going to break it. We will scatter that demon before we leave. Because we need to be free. Because when we understand and we serve with love for the Father. Hey, let me talk like Prophet uh, Dr. Kluchi. Hey, shh. Oh, that we've been fasting and praying. God, my finances. God, my finances. It will flow. Blessings. God rewards faithfulness. See, our not understanding that he is father is what impedes our prayers. Because our faith is lacking. Will he do it? Will he not? Will he wait? Will he? When you understand that he is father and you don't doubt his love. See, some of us have had shaded fathers. They'll promise us and fail. Always. I mean, I watched this movie. My heart was so broken. It was a movie, but I'm one of those people. When I watch movies, it's like I'm in the movie. When somebody hits, ouch, (laughs) you know, I feel it. And there was this child who I think they were divorced. Uh, The parents were divorced. And and the father, who was a drunkard, would lie to the child. Oh, uh, I'm coming for visitation today. And the child would wait by the door. Would start, if the man says, I'm coming at 12, the child would start waiting like 8 o'clock. And be bugging him. Oh, oh, daddy's coming in three hours. Daddy's coming in two hours. Daddy's coming. Oh, my God, daddy's coming. Daddy's coming. Daddy's coming. Then 12 o'clock, daddy's not there. 1 o'clock. And that feeling of, of betrayal. We carry that over into our relationship with God. So we are praying to God. Mm, This God, you can't even understand him. Will he even do it? Is he even listening? Is he even there? Already you've negated your prayer. Because the Bible says very clearly, without faith, it is what? And if you can't please him, how will he answer you? So it starts from our father which art in heaven. Once you say our father, you are acknowledging that this is the one who would give his very life for me. 
And so even if he doesn't answer the way I think he should, it's for my own good. And you keep holding on to him. The love. So that is why Jesus could pray and receive. Why did everybody, I ask myself, why? Upon all the questions the disciples could ask Jesus, why did they ask him, teach us to pray? Why? Why didn't they say, ah, I just saw you heal the sick. How, how do you do that? Teach me how to heal the sick. Jesus, teach me how to raise the dead. It, it is so, it's so interesting. So I'm just so astounded and so, oh, Ooh, how did you do that? Oh, uh, I'm coming for visitation today. And the child would wait by the door. Would start, if the man says, I'm coming at 12, the child would start waiting like 8 o'clock. And be bugging him. Oh, oh, daddy is coming in three hours. Daddy is coming in two hours. Daddy is coming. Oh my God, daddy is coming. Daddy is coming. Daddy is coming. Then 12 o'clock, daddy is not there. 1 o'clock. And that feeling of, of betrayal, we carry that over into our relationship with God. So we are praying to God. Mm, this God, you can't even understand him. Will he even do it? Is he even listening? Is he even there? Already you've negated your prayer. Because the Bible says very clearly, without faith, it is what? And if you can't please him, how will he answer you? So it starts from our father which art in heaven. Once you say our father, you are acknowledging that this is the one who would give his very life for me. And so even if he doesn't answer the way I think he should, it's for my own good. And you keep holding on to him. The love. So that is why Jesus could pray and receive. Why did everybody, I ask myself, why? Upon all the questions the disciples could ask Jesus, why did they ask him, teach us to pray? Why? Why didn't they say, ah, I just saw you heal the sick. How, how do you do that? Teach me how to heal the sick. Jesus, teach me how to raise the dead. It, it is so, it's so interesting. So I'm just so astounded and so, oh, Ooh, how did you do that? But the one question they would ask, teach us, how, what did they see to elicit that question? They saw something. They saw intimacy. They saw somebody. I'm sure when Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus would pray all night. Sometimes. And then they'll say, early in the morning before the sun rises. And they'll say, and he went and departed to a secluded place. And the disciples were watching. And I believe that each time our Savior came out, his face will be shining. And he'll be wearing this silly grin on his face. <laughs> like... <laughs> He knows something that nobody else knows. He just experienced something that nobody else. And they got jealous. They said, ah, I need, I need this kind of thing. I need this kind of peace. That is why he could say, peace be still. But some of us go into a secret place. And we go like Sister Julie. <laughs> oh God, do this for me. I beg you. <laughs> oh God, please, please, please. We come out more depressed than we went in. Because <laughs> we don't know the Father. We didn't get the first sentence right. Revelation is coming to somebody. I believe that. So that is what they saw. They saw intimacy. They saw power. They realized that each time Jesus came out, he did something miraculous. Uh, he must be receiving something from the secret place. That's why he goes there all the time. We want that. Hallelujah. May we receive that revelation. May we receive that anointing. Hallelujah. Ah, not to find praying 
a chore and a burden. They call for prayer meetings. Some of us would rather sit in our, our beds and watch Netflix. We don't know the Father. No, we don't. See, we should know the Father to such an extent that if you go even to church and there's no anointing, you will still come out with something. Because your, your, your encounter is not predicated on somebody else's action. If Pastor Angie, God forbid, and I know she will never have a bad day and come and stand here. I mean, really bad day that will make her holler and do misbehave. She'll repent before she comes. But even on her worst day, you should be able to come and still. Because you are in constant fellowship with the Father. As you are sitting there, she's preaching, but he's, 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 he's buttressing her word with what? I mean, you, you can even receive from a child where you know the Father. But some of us, we come to church expecting the praise team should be on point. Ah, Sister Barbara missed a beat. Ah, these people. Ah, ah, Sister, what's your name, mommy? Sister Hannah. Sister Hannah was uh, playing the key. Today, I I don't think she ate well before coming. We look so disinterested. Uh, our focus is on the on the stew we have to make. Oh, the lasagna! I did. Oh, I should have put it in the oven before. And the Father is here. Where two or three are gathered in my presence, I am there. See, 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 see. The thing is that I've realized that believers. I told uh, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Angie and Sister Julie something when we were driving uh, yesterday. I said, you know, you know, the word of God has to be consistent. It has to. If you are a prophet and you say, thus saith the word of the living God, it has to come to pass. See, the word of God is consistent. One day, the Lord asked me, I was in a, a, a dark place. I was in a very heavy place. It had to do with my health. And I was like, Lord, Lord, really? I mean... You know, if you really want me to do this work, I've got to be strong. You know, Papa, Abba, I I, I, I can't beg you because I know you too well to beg. But Father, I'm tired of going to the doctor about the same old thing. One week, I saw, that was like three weeks ago. I saw like three doctors, no, four in one week about the same thing. Nobody could tell me what was wrong with me. I said, really, Father? Why do I have to deal with this now? I'm burning, burning to go out there and do the work. Why this now? And the Lord said, do you really believe my word? Do you believe all of it? If you believe all of it, you won't be questioning me. You will be moving in spite of how you feel. Because there is an, a higher law and a higher realm that you are operating in. You will, you will understand that I am sovereign. And I allow some things to happen to my soldiers to make them hardy. And I have, my mind is higher than yours. My ways are higher than yours. So the fact that your prayers are not being answered. You shouldn't even question me at this level. I said, Father, I'm sorry. I believe every single way. So we come into this place. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there. And then you are quarreling with a sister. Then, then you feel like, oh, I wish I hadn't come to church. Because you don't believe that he is here. You don't have the revelation of the father and his presence. You don't have to have goose pimples. Goosebumps. To prove that the father is here. His word said, I am here. So we don't reverence him. Praise and worship. We are standing there like this. Disconnected. The orphan spirit. All over our faces. All upon us. Our mind is somewhere. From today on. Never should you enter an assembly of believers where there are two or three and you'll be disconnected. 
That is why many of us remain babies. We are never climbing up. We are at the same old level. Wanting be, to be spoon fed. When you have access, the spirit of adoption has come upon you. And you have been given power and authority, you yourself, to change the atmosphere. So when I go to church and my praise and worship team is misbehaving, and I feel like, man, what are they doing? I take the mic from them. Everybody stand up. Let's change the atmosphere. You know, you have to, you, you change your own environment. If praise team is not plugged in, where you are sitting, your atmosphere should be charged to infect the other kind of atmosphere in the place. So, hey, my message is gone. <laughs> I'm preaching things I didn't write. Lord, thank you. When I, when I do that, I know that he's taking us somewhere, and it's not me. Hallelujah. So, how many more I've been going? I've even lost track of time. How much time do I have, Sister Julie? Okay, I'll, I'll bring it home soon. So, 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 apart from Jesus, as I was saying, Jesus loved the Father so much that he, he did everything with the Father in mind. And because of that, the Father reciprocated that love. Um, I'm going to read some scriptures to you. don't have to turn. Matthew chapter 3, 17. Matthew 3, 17. The Father will say, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Then John 3.35, it would say, The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. John 5.20 would say, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. John 6.27, On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So we are looking for approval and affirmation from men. Who themselves carry the orphan spirit. We are looking at some man or some woman of God somewhere. Oh, I need her to affirm me. I need her to confirm me before I can move into ministry. I need them to confirm. Oh, and in church, as we are doing our way, and we are looking to see whether Pastor Angie is watching us. Oh, for Pastor Angie. Oh, so she sees that I'm hardworking. Ah, if there's any promotion, it will come to me. Ah, ah, ah. Not knowing that approval comes not from the north, nor the, the south. Promotion comes not from the south, nor the north. Promotion comes from the Father above. So Jesus is not loving the Father so the Father will love him back. He just loves the Father. Simple. He's not looking for anything in payment. When we come here, we want, we, we, when we do anything, we want Pastor Angie to acknowledge us. Hey, if she doesn't acknowledge us, the orphan spirit kicks in. We won't come to church for two weeks. I told the father, I said, Father, I will make this one vow and I'll never ever. The day I break this vow, my ministry is over. I will never go to a place where you have asked them for me to come and preach and dictate to them that I even want to be paid. God forbid. God forbid. That day, Father, mm, you can disown me. This one, this part, I've made vows in the past, and Lord, you know, <laughs> I wasn't good with it. But this one thing, you can trust me. No matter how much I need money, then, then what am I preaching? If I cannot believe that my father in heaven will provide my need a servant of his that in the bible says that how lovely are the feet of them who bring good news then what am i i'm joking i don't know I, no, i'm joking I, i'm not preaching the right gospel so we are doing all kinds of tricks manipulating people for approval, when the one we need it from, 
we don't even know him. If you knew him, even President Obama would be. I said, Mommy, nobody in this on this earth impresses me. I mean, I say that not pr- with pride. I say that in humility. I don't know whether you understand. Nobody impresses me. Where I'll say, ah, ah, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, without that person, I can't make it. No. Because I have understood that we are all blades of grass. And if God above should just sneeze, it's over for us. My pastor always preaches and we laugh till we cry. He said, the father, he said, Moses, Moses, you mean the Red Sea is in front of you? You mean you can't pass? Oh, okay, stand by, stand by. And the Red Sea parted. (laughs) So we need to know him. If we know him, fear and anxiety will be nothing. The Bible says that perfect love casteth out all fear. We don't know him. And we don't love him. And we don't believe that he loves us. That is why we are always anxious. There was a time when my, I feel pain in my, anywhere in my body. The first question that will come, is that cancer? Some of us are bound. My mommy had it. My daddy had it. My aunt, not mind. But this is the way some of us argue. So every day we are fear. We are afraid. Oh my God. Am I going to find a lump in my breast? Oh my God. Oh my God. Is this cancer? Oh my God. Oh my God. Every day we are living in fear. We see this person died in a car crash. Oh my God. On the highway. Oh my God. Oh, a, f- a thought flashes in our mind. And when, one day will it be my turn? Fear. We can't even let our children go. I had to break that. Because it took me, I went through a lot to get my babies. So to release them, up till now, my, my second 10, 9 today, you can ask them how many people and how many times have, they, have I allowed them to be babysat by other people apart from their daycare? Even at 11, my daughter is 11, she's, she's had a sleepover once. Her whole life. Once. Because I can't trust people with them. I'm always afraid. What if some freak accident happens? The devil is wicked. The devil is tricky. The devil wants me. I'm not going to put myself in a position where. Can't I trust the heavenly father who gave them to me to protect them? Overnight. Even the one that she spent the night, she had the, if you ask her, the one that she had the first and last sleepover with, they were three doors away. That's why I allowed it. And by 10 p.m., I was standing at the door. (laughs) It's time to pray. Are you okay? Uh, Inspecting her to see whether nobody had touched her on it. Fear. Fear. Oh, am I going to die? Oh. This year, am I going to die this year? Oh my God. We don't know the Father. We don't know His love. Ah, Father, give us a revelation today. Father, give us somebody, just pray a prayer today and say, Father, give me a revelation today of your love for me that you care, that you are the one who knows the number of hair on my scalp. Give me a revelation. Of your love. Of your fatherhood. Abba Father. I trust you. Some of us don't trust him. We don't trust him. May we trust him. Today just stand on your feet. Just stand on your feet. and just. I don't know what you've gotten from this. This is the foundation. I want to read a scripture to you. Matthew chapter 6, 9. Jesus is saying, 7 to 9. And when you pray, do not heap up phrases, multiple words, 
repeating the same ones over and over and over as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard from their much speaking. So we sin. And we go to the Father, Father, forgive us. We don't know him. So we keep repeating. Father, please. I said, Lord, please forgive me. Oh, forgive me. Five minutes back. Ah, Father, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. Two minutes later, ah, ah, Father, forgive me. We repeat over and over. He heard you the first time. He said, do not be like them. For your father knows what you need even before you ask him. Pray therefore like this, our father who is in heaven. This is the foundation. Do you really believe that the father knows what you need even before you ask? Mm, mm, mm. If you have this revelation, repetitive prayers, yes, ask, seek, knock, but not in the, I mean, pray over and over, Father, forgive me, Father, forgive me, Father, forgive me, it's a lack of faith. Father, forgive me for this sin, period. I trust you to cleanse me. This is the foundation. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of the doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love and is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. To this day, we are going to ask Father, Father, perfect your love in me. Give me a revelation of your love that nothing can shake. No circumstance, no human being, no lie of the devil, no emotion, no depression. The Bible says, for I am fully persuaded that neither height nor depth, nor principality nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor life, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the wonderful love of the Father. 